cooking is my entertainment. That is my relaxation. This statement resonates with me on a very deep level. I don't think I can remember a time when I wasn't interested in food. I loved cooking. I loved sharing what I cooked with family and friends. I loved to share everything I knew about food with people. When I entered my first year of college, my declared major was home ec education. Carol Clinker, and I was a home ec teacher for a few years, and I am your birth mother and met you when you were just about 21, or had turned 21, I guess. It was a few days after you turned 21. So, and both found out that we both love to cook, so that we have something in common there. Welcome to the Heritage Cookbook Project podcast, where we document and preserve heritage by connecting with cooks across the country who share food memories, family recipes, and a little bit of themselves. I'm Leigh Olson, and in this episode, I'm not only your host, I play a role in the story. After discovering that we shared a passion for cooking, Carol and I discovered that we had also attended the same state university, which in and of itself isn't that surprising. We both lived in the same state after all. What was surprising is that we attended the same state university at the same time, in the same discipline, home ec education. I had said to someone that walking around campus and looking at the different kids that I said, you know, one of them could be mine. And one of them had been. I had just turned 21 when I met Carol. Literally within days of turning 21, I was on a Greyhound bus to a tiny farming town in eastern Montana to meet my birth mother and her sons for the first time. My brothers met me at the Friendly Corner bus terminal, which was really a gas station and convenience store, conveniently located right off the interstate. The boys gathered my suitcase and led the way across the snow-covered field from the Friendly Corner to their apartment. Once there, Scott, the oldest brother, ran across the street to the high school to tell Carol that I had arrived. And Doug said, you're really going to like her. She's really nice. <laughs> and he was right. Growing up, I identified as Scandinavian. I still do. We celebrated holidays with Lefse and Ludafisk, Rosettes and Remigrit. But meeting my birth mother gave me the opportunity to learn a little bit more about my biological culinary heritage. My mom's side of the family that was English. Grandma Harrington was the cook. She also had a greenhouse, but uh, she was an excellent cook. And her house never had electric stove. It was all wood-burning. So she would do all these kind of recipes in her wood-burning stove, which was amazing that she could bake bread and make these kind of things and have them turn out every time. My grandmother on my mother's side also had a huge garden. They had a huge truck farm. Yeah, they put stuff in the back of the truck and haul it into Yellowstone Park. And Mom would talk about going from place to place selling their produce and then sleeping under the pickup to stay out of the weather and then <laughs> go on 
when mom said she'd have to go up to the doors and knock on the doors and see if they wanted to buy any apples. So they had a huge apple orchard of five kids that were always working to help bring income in. Grandpa had died when mom was two, so it was just up to grandma and the five kids to support themselves. She would bake pies and sell them because she had excellent pies. Boy, could she bake a pie. A rhubarb pie. That one. That one was one of my favorites. And she used tapioca in an orange rind. Sometimes she'd make strawberry rhubarb pie, but I liked her just plain rhubarb pie the best. After the break, Oktoberfest, clawfoot oak tables, and apple peeler core slicers. This episode of the Heritage Cookbook Project podcast is supported by Bob's Red Mill. When you're making those treasured family recipes, don't leave the quality of your ingredients to chance. Visit bobsredmill.com to find out more about this employee-owned company, their products, and how you can fill your pantry with them. With their products, not their employees. And now back to Carol and Granny's apple strudel. My father's mother, who was German, was not a cook. She didn't like being in the kitchen. She had a greenhouse and apple orchard and that kind of stuff. And she liked being outside. We had more German influence in the cooking. I think maybe because Dad liked the German food. Every October, we'd always have an Oktoberfest and do all kinds of different German dishes. My father's very favorite dessert was apple strudel. He usually do that quite often because he really liked it. The fun part was making the dough, and and we'd take Grandma, my mother's mother, oak table, and make it. And it was a big clawfoot oak table, and we'd stretch it out, and then put a clean white sheet on it and stretch the dough out over that table and always use the back of your hands when you're stretching it so you don't poke holes through the strudel dough because it gets to be paper thin. Just something therapeutic about going slow and stretching it and pretty soon it's just almost like a window pane. And when you put the breadcrumbs onto it, Mom would always bake her own bread, of course, and then she would take a loaf and cut it up and let it dry. And then we had one of those old-fashioned hand grinders that you clamped onto the shelf, and we'd put the bread through it, the dry bread, and make the breadcrumbs with it, and then sprinkle those over the dough. One thing with the dough supposed to hold the dough way above the board and then crash it down. It's really good for frustration. You're supposed to repeat it about 100 to 125 times until the dough is smooth. Then you should feel pretty good. We had three big apple trees in our yard, and they were big apples. But they were real crisp, and it seemed like they were sweet. And the recipe does say tart apples. But I think we just used whatever we could get our hands on. Mom's mom showed us how to lay the knife on the side and go around and we'd have contests to see if we could peel an apple in one piece. 
she always sliced against her thumb. You know, she never used a board to slice on it. It took way too long. I have one of those apple peeler core slicer things. So I, I do it that way. Dad loved raisins in his. The edges are thicker naturally, and so we would always take scissors and cut the edges off. By the time you sprinkle the apples on it and nuts, because you're going to put it on the raisins and, and everything and roll it, Mom would make kind of a like a snail kind of shape on a, on a big cookie sheet, but you don't have the edges touching each other. And then you brush it with butter. So it was definitely a process getting it done. Boy, was it good. Well, it's a labor of love. When I make it, I remember Dad and doing it all those times. I asked Carol what her first memory of cooking was. It wasn't so much a first memory as it was a recognition of something that was just part of her. From the time that I was little, my mother said I would push a chair up next to her, especially if she was stirring something, and I would say, me to stir, me to stir. And I loved stirring anything. Love cooking. Something creative about it. It's a part of you. It's just like an artist, you know, they paint a picture and they put their heart and soul into it. I hope you enjoyed Carol and my story about apple strudel and connecting with your inner passions. If you want to hear more stories like this, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The full recipe for Granny's apple strudel can be found at theheritagecookbookproject.com. Follow us on Instagram at the Heritage Cookbook Project and join our Facebook group, Food Memories and Family Recipes. The Heritage Cookbook Project was produced and edited by me. I'm Leigh Olson. I'll be back in two weeks with the first of two episodes celebrating Filipino American History Month. Kamayan feasts, aka no forks given. Until then, thank you so much for listening and make sure to feed your inner passions. <laughs>